Welcome to Transcending Identity. I'm your host, Nicole Lee, and I am thrilled to be your guide on this incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. This podcast is designed to help you connect deeper with yourself and transcend the identities, beliefs, and environments that may be holding you back from living your best life. Through insightful interviews, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice, I speak with incredible people from around the world who share their stories of transformation, transcendence, and triumph. From entrepreneurs to spiritual teachers, athletes to activists, you'll learn how they overcame obstacles and reached new heights in their lives. I will also share my personal stories, insights, and tools along the way. By listening to this podcast, I hope you feel seen, supported, and inspired to live your best life. Thanks for spending time with me today. Your time to transcend starts now. On today's episode, we're venturing into the realm of self-discovery, holistic healing, and liberation with my guest, Dr. Natasha Cossum paris a remarkable woman who is a beacon of love, radiance, and resilience. At the honor of meeting this beautiful soul in 2021 during a group business coaching program where Dr. Natasha served as our mindfulness guide and teacher. I was instantly captivated by her unique fusion of mindfulness and healing, an approach that spoke directly to the soul, setting the stage for a bond that transcended into what we now have, a sisterhood. Dr. Natasha is a naturopathic doctor, hypnotherapist, and executive wellness coach. She's been a practicing physician since 2007 and named one of Portland's top doctors with over 20,000 patient visits working across various spheres of medicine. She's also a living testament of triumph. Dr. Natasha journeyed through life's labyrinth, spending a significant portion of her life hiding the truth of who she was and running from the fully integrated, love-filled, self-sovereign being in her full ownership that was her birthright, holding on to a persona she felt compelled to project. On the surface, she embodied success, ticking off the conventional boxes of achievement, yet within her inner reality existed disconnection, fatigue, and burnout, a consequence of a lifetime spent performing to meet societal ideals and expectations. But today, Dr. Natasha stands in her radiance and her truth, a beacon of self-love, cultural wisdom, and compassionate leadership. She's connected with her core, choosing to return to her authentic self time and time again. In her work, she's dedicated to extending an invitation for both the individual and the collective to disentangle from the patriarchal and colonial constructs that isolate, disempower, and condition self-harm, leading both individuals and the collective on a journey of liberation. Drawing upon her holistic, trauma-informed clinical background, her rich cultural heritage, and her lived experiences, she aids in freeing people from cycles of self-sacrifice, generational harm, and scarcity. Dr. Natasha has an unwavering vision to disrupt the current wellness paradigm, seamlessly weaving the fabrics of ancient spiritual wisdom, scientific advancements, and leadership development to transform how business and industry leaders nurture themselves and their people. Today, we dive into Dr. Natasha's transformative journey and the tools she's employed with herself, clients, and her community to support reconnecting to inner truth, wisdom, and liberation. I hope this conversation with Dr. Natasha inspires you to break the chains that may be confining you and step boldly into your most authentic, extraordinary self. 
I am so excited to have Dr. Natasha on today. How are you today, my love? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Really would love to know your perspective on what does it mean to live your best life? Mm, it's really, really beautiful and potent question. Um, what does it mean to live my best life? You know, at this stage of my life, it's that I'm actively choosing to engage with life. I think my best life is me having agency and consciously making the choice to choose it, to look for and receive the miraculous in life and the miraculous within me living this life. And I think that's really what's calling me forward uh, at this point in time because of my history and uh, not not choosing life for a lot of time and thinking that the best life was all these check boxes. Mm-hmm. And now it's about, well, I just want to choose life. I want to be in nature. I want to see the miraculous. I want to just surrender and experience this relationship that my soul has with my body and my mind living in this world, engaging with the communities around me. Given where you are, would you mind sharing a bit of your story of how you got to where you are? How did I get here? Well, I'd say I grew up in a home that, you know, operated from a lot of love and a lot of beauty of my culture but also indoctrined with these cultural practices and assimilation practices to fit into a Western world, and also from a culture that's very patriarchal in nature. And the impact of being someone so intuitive, empathic, clairvoyant, clairsentient in a home where none of that was really allowed or even feared was challenging for me. And at an early age, experienced various levels of witnessing and also experiencing trauma and abuse. And so where I've come to now is this healing and this consistent practice of detoxifying (laughs) the harm that I internalized that was passed down to me unknowingly. Through, through various practices and ways of being. And so it is in my own healing journey, my again and again moment of having to choose life and understand how to choose myself uh, that has gotten me here. And in that process of wanting to liberate myself from self-harm and suffering, it's led me to want to do more and more of that holding for others. Wow, that's so powerful. The word that came to me that you were saying was liberation. And the world that we live in right now, I'm sure just based on all of your gifts, you see how, for lack of a better word, shackled or bound that people are feeling and not feeling free. And it sounds like that's what's driving you also not only to your own healing, but being a safe container for others. In, in that way, what are you seeing as ways to help people really liberate themselves? What are you doing that you love to share as part of your practices and rituals? And even perhaps 
what you're working with with your clients to help them get to a, a state of liberation and freedom. Yeah. You know, there's multiple ways that it's approached. And I think that in and of itself is part mm -hmm. of it. It is this choice to claim oneself, to claim and centralize one's well-being, and to do so simultaneously in community with one another. And I feel like I'm mentioning that because the way in which I see most people approach freedom or um, is a sort of fighting against uh, a construct, so fighting something, mm. or the other end of like being like, I'm just going to do everything for me and centralize me and not think about the collective. And I feel like, uh, you know, my work is about like liberation for yourself serves liberation for all. And that declaration, and I really m use that word a lot, that declaration of choosing to be what I, you know, a healed ancestor. So that doesn't have a linear, like a beginning or end, like healing, once you declare it is one that ever evolves. So when I'm saying uh, choose to be a healed ancestor, I'm saying you declare that you are ending generational cycles of harm within yourself first in service to the collective and that it is holding both of those that provides us true experience of freedom that when that we are meant to do this work this claiming this declaration work this allowing permission to feel like we have healed and we continue to heal doing that together is really what I feel like gives us access. What I'm hearing is there's really this beautiful harmony between your individual work, right? But recognizing that it's with the collective and with community and connection to others that we really can stay on that journey of healing. Because I know even for myself, I had to go into some level of isolation, but I think I stayed there too long for a little bit. And that created a lot of stirring, a lot of even more feeling I didn't belong or who I was or what my purpose was in the world because I did not have that connection and community. And I'm grateful for having you in my community and having that safe space and feeling seen and heard and recognizing how powerful that is. We were just talking about transcendence and saying, why, yes, we feel like we're on that same vibration. And so it's interesting, and I would love for you to talk more about what spaces you're creating and, and helping cultivate around that community element. Yeah, you know, it was really confronting in the last three, four years or so, the community that was around me and how much I had assimilated and shut down parts of myself in order to fit into this so-called community. And that was really challenging to wake up to. And so I resonate with the fact of like, I had to go inward. I had to let go of a lot of relationships that were lo long standing relationships. It was not easy, but I had to admit that I was psychologically feeling unsafe and for whatever reason, suppressing, oppressing my own full expression and pretending even to myself that belonging was present because I wanted it so badly, but recognizing I was contorting myself in all these ways to create belonging. 
And a big part of that was related to my culture, related to what I do in the world, related to my spiritual practices, my, my just the way in which I perceive the world, all of that I kind of kept hidden. So where I am now is, you know, bringing people together. And, you know, I mentioned with you that we have this community event coming up on May 20th that's called the Gold Party. And that is about healing and art and movement and celebration. And it's a celebration of ending these toxic trauma bonds and these ways in which we internalize harm and disconnect ourselves with our culture and our our own inner knowing and wisdom. And we're coming together to celebrate that we can reclaim our knowing and allow our soul to radiate and uh, be in the resonance of community and transformation together. So one of the ways is through that community event. And really what I call to do is build a a practice of bringing together these leaders and these conscious change makers to help hold space for a community. Because it's not a monolith, right? I want to bring together many people to hold space for a community. And then we're launching with that community event, the gold album, which is a self-paced journey and the gold lounge. And the gold lounge is really a matter of like, you know, we just disrupting this whole narrative around healing and and wellness, that it is meant to be arduous and heavy and done with hyper-independence to be done alone. And I would just disrupt all of that because when we come back to our culture, when we come back to our inner knowing, I feel like the reason why it's felt so hard for me is because I've tried to hold this all on my own. Yeah. I've been coming from this place of like, I need fixing. No, I need celebration. <laughs> I need generators of joy. I need to reclaim wellness and thriving for myself and to to do that with the people that I care about and, and their expressions of culture and joy. I want to do it together. So that's really what's calling me forward at this point of my life and uh, was very intentional over the last year, over the last couple of years to find people that are values aligned, that to to look for people where I really could witness my my nervous system and how relaxed and at peace I was. And if I could do that effortlessly, I knew, okay, this this feels good. This feels like a liberation uh, space for me. This is a place where I can expand and they can too. So yeah, that's where I am at this point is looking for those communities, those change maker spaces, those bloodline purifiers, you know? When you think of gold, you just think of just luxurious, radiant, all the things you were talking about, um, celebratory. And I'm curious what brought you to using the word gold as part of your celebratory community and communing and healing and elevating others. Yeah, it really relates to a family, like a cultural and family value. So this whole concept of reclaiming our inheritance, our birthright of liberation, of joy, of thriving there's this way in which, you know, grandmothers and great grandmothers would pass down abundance, would pass down mm-hmm. what was access to 
the possibility of freedom to their children, particularly those that are female-bodied or, or, or represent in that way, through gold, through bangles, and, and jewelry, through yeah, yes, exactly. through, and like, yes, yes just adornment. Yeah. Adornment. And that, I love that. Yeah. And that was a way that, you know, as hard as life may be at times, you have this inheritance, you have this abundance that's passed down to you. And that felt like a level of sovereignty. It felt like an access to thriving. It felt like a connection to lineage. And it also felt like the the opportunity to alchemize any situation or circumstance because i always could have this sort of pocket of this beautiful precious gold that i could lean onto and sometimes that wasn't like physically having gold but the embodiment that you've got this inheritance you have things passed down to you you have deep deep connection to abundance and thriving that you have the ability to alchemize and that you have all the elements to be able to create that. I'm just sitting, taking all of that in. The alchemy piece too, it made me think of when you were talking about how even the healing journey doesn't have to be so dark and so heavy. And I know that there's a lot of messaging around that, even when it comes to things around shadow work. And I love that you're saying, you know, that may be part of it, but it's not all of it. And there's a way to bring celebration into the process. And it sounds like you're shifting the consciousness even of that, that communion and connection and being embodied allows you to be in more ease and flow with people who are aligned to you. Yeah, it really is that, right? I feel like the being able to have conversations about values, about a world that they want to live into a world that they'd like to co-create and being able to have those conversations with individuals has helped me feel like I'm fostering really authentic bonds and feeling like I'm part of something. It's not even just a feeling, it's a remembering. And I think that as I claim that, yeah, exactly. Then the people are showing up and, you know, I feel at this point, some many years ago, I really felt like I signed, like formally signed a contract with benevolence to be a vessel for channeling this benevolent energy to flow through me. And sure, I made that choice at a very young age growing up in the particular uh, religious and spiritual household. And I also just came in that way, so connected to spirit. But A couple of years ago, I sat down and said, okay, it's time for me to actually sign my life to this and formalize it in contract. As I did that and continue to remember that contract, I surrendered to benevolence helping me to draw into my world those that have similar contract. And it's getting easier and easier to see that in the people around me. Maybe it's because I'm looking for the divinity in each person. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I'm looking for the way that I belong more so than looking for how I am different, how disconnected we are, how awkward I am, though I have those moments for sure. (laughs) I definitely have those moments, but, and and moments of self-doubt and moments of feeling like, oh gosh, I I feel judged. I don't belong. But I come back to, wait, 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 wait. 
Let's come back to our values. Let me speak what's authentically present right now. That I feel awkward. That I feel a moment of feeling judged or I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm engaging with something. And, and I'm brave enough to be able to have that conversation with somebody. And sure enough, that person says, oh my goodness, I totally understand where you're coming from. We're so much more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And I feel really called to remember that again and again and converse about that again and again, because I really feel like the world needs that right now. The time when we're always looking for, or seemingly practicing, looking for the ways that we're different and the ways that we're disconnected and the ways that this is other than this, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. When we talk about that with each other and say, these are constructs of harm, actually, do you see that too? Do you want to disengage with it? How do we come together and find connection? Do you have the core value of love? Me too. What does that mean to you? How do we co-create that together? How will we navigate moments where we disconnect from love and find our way back to each other? That's more of the conversation I'm having with people in vulnerable ways. And it's going so well. (laughs) It's going so much better than it did bottling all of this up for so long. Man, it's interesting just listening to you too how much our shift in perspective, wanting to see life differently, we start to see life differently. Wanting to see people differently, we actually start seeing them differently. There's a lot also in the world that there's the checklist and all these rules and steps that you have to take. You didn't necessarily have to go through a full checklist of items for that to shift. So I would love for you to talk about what that experience was for you and what you provide in your practice or in community of helping people just with that small adjustment, how other things open up for them. Oh, it's such a potent question. You're so great at these. I really feel that, I can't say that I, I feel like I have a choice in the matter. Mm, Okay, so this is surrender for you. Yeah, it is quite honestly because of, because it's a challenging word, but but the experiences of my past, my relationship going back to the top of the conversation about choosing life. If I am to choose life and choose another day and be active in that uh, process, I've had to come to a place of of really choosing possibility and declaration and that I choose to, I am here. I, I want to choose the perspective that I have been gifted another opportunity to live, another opportunity to experience and to do so in reverence to the creative force that flows through me that allows me to breathe and live through this world. And and I think why I'm struggling with the question is because I certainly don't want to appear as if making this conscious choice and living this declared life and having a positive, uplifted perspective is something that comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. It's a practice I have to come back to again and again. And that is where community matters to me because there are many days where I don't, I really am struggling to make that choice about understanding why I'm here and what the point is. But when I'm surrounded by people 
that center love and wellness and center community and family uh, and possibility of a renewed legacy for me, for them, for us, broader us, then I feel like oh, it's easier to continue with this declaration of, yes, right, I am the healed ancestor, surrounded by others that declare to be healed ancestors, surrounded by others that want to change this world such that we renew this legacy and we live into a world where thriving and liberation and dignity is available to each one of us in the way that we wish to experience that for or ourselves. And I so appreciate you sharing the vulnerability in it. Just because we declared or surrendered or whatever language we want to use, I have a divine mission. And just because you know it's divine and your soul called, it doesn't mean that your human body does not struggle with the call. <laughs> and just because we signed the contract, our soul might have signed the contract, doesn't mean that this human body is always ready to execute on the contract that we signed. And I love that because that is the humanness. And I think sometimes there's been a feeling of conflict because just because I rose to the occasion or I did take the call doesn't mean that I still don't have elements of suffering or grief or pain or depression or isolation. And so I think it's helpful for more people to recognize that depending on whatever your call is, that that is part of the human experience. And the thing that I'm hearing from you too, that we know is such a challenge in the world that we live in is connection. People may be connected to things, but connecting to people at the deepest element helps keep us alive in a sense. We do have to be plugged into others and we have to be intentional about who we're plugged into because it literally can feel like almost life or death. Yeah. For me, it's been that, really. For me, when community was devoid of true belonging and honesty and authenticity, when it was operating with such a colluding, right? Dr. Rosales Mesa uses this terminology of colluding with these constructs of harm. And when the community around me was entrenched with that, such that it just, it was so insidious, I did not realize how much I was in, entertaining and engaging with the replication of harm and self-suppression. Perfectionism, productivity, um, classism, all of those things were just what was entrenched in uh, my communities in the past. And so it felt like I had people around me, which was great. And I knew that they cared about me. It's not that that wasn't present. It was, but they were just, it was not the, the values. It wasn't um, a common desire for a legacy that I want to live into, a world I want to co-create for myself to live into and with others. So yeah, I had to consciously choose a new environment to step into. And then the other part that I will mention that I know that you and I both really connect with is first comes my spirituality. For me to connect with another person is to connect with their heart and with their soul, right? To look for their divinity. And if I am not constantly and consistently in communion, in reverence, in conversation with my relationship to divinity, then it's more challenging for me to connect with others because it's more challenging for me to connect with the truth of who I am. 
why I am here. There's all these places in my life where I felt like I hear or have evidence or just perceive that I'm too much. I recently lost a friendship and part of the conversation was your love is too much. Your, your wow. expression is your, your preferences are too much. And that was really challenging. And it's not the first time that I've heard that. But when I come to my relationship with divinity, with benevolence, I can be, there's, I'm never too much. My love is never too much. My expression is never too much. My asks are never too much. My preferences are never too much. I am in that relationship, seen, held, nourished, connected in such a deep way. And it connects me back to nature. That's another place, right? If I look in nature, that relationship tells me I'm never too much. A flower can never be too expressive, right? And those rememberings help me then to take it with another human being and look for their nature, mm. embrace their nature and look for their divinity. And it allows me to connect. And I'm just sitting here thinking, about what you said. And when you go into a forest or, you know, looking at a flower, the expansiveness, the the brightness, the, no one ever says the tree is too much, right? Like <laughs> The other thing that you're sharing is not good or bad or some of the people we've been connected to. We're just not seeing the world the same way. And if we're not careful, we will then adapt or adopt the way they see the world and lose ourselves in the process because you get in the autopilot. And I will say too, that just from our experience, when you feel like you're called and you are to separate and you are so different, you literally start feeling like there's no one like you and you have to make a choice whether to keep pushing forward in that or to retreat and go back to what everyone else is doing. And if you don't have people to like remind you, <laughs> like, hey, you've got to keep going this way, it's a lot easier to fall back into, you know, the matrix, if we want to call it, or the system or the process, whatever we want to call it. Beautifully expressed, right? I'm just like, oh, yes. And I think that's what's so fun and powerful is this stage of my, where I am now in life, I see myself in others. I hear myself emerging in other people's conversation and them within me. And mm -hmm. that feels like a real exciting time in my life to experience unity, to experience mm -hmm. such belonging, such connection with a similar value set. And as going back to the conversation of how we see the world, right? When I'm looking at the horizon with people around me that want to see that sun rise together, like we're all facing the same direction, wanting to walk on that trail. That feels so good to do that with others. It feels just so much more yeah, like the tension releases from within me. I'm able to surrender more and enjoy the journey. So thank you for being one of those people that just lights me up and reminds me of truth and the truth that I desire to remember again and again and again. Well, I thank you because you are that for me. And this conversation just reminds me, I mean, you've, you've, Really, I think for everyone, reminding of how important it is to be intentional and take that reflection 
to align to whatever your value set is. And that's the part where it's not a judgment, it's an alignment decision. And sometimes I I don't know if you felt this way, but making the decision to get off of a path that another person that I was close to was on created a sense of grief. It's not always about an ego of like, I'm going here and you're not, right? It's not a better, I'm better, or that person's better. It's literally the the separation of a memory or experiences that I feel like I may not even have anymore with a person. And that creates a sense of disconnection, but it also creates an opening for a, new connections. And I'm curious with you, how did you mal- manage the, the balance of kind of the grief element, but also the joy of moving into this new space? Yeah. So many things. One was when those relationships that were naturally coming to closure, like we we knew that this was no longer healthy for all of us, right? And when those ended, I did feel a sense of relief inside of myself and I felt grief and I deeply went into grief. Now, I'm not somebody that is going to to not go into the shadows. My my issue is I can go too far you, in the you, swamp. You, okay? You're in the swamp. You go too deep. <laughs> yes, you go too deep. Exactly. You need the whole body suit because the whole body is submerged. <laughs> exactly. You know this about me. So going deep in the dark and the shadows and the muck of it into the uh depth of grief for within my body that's deep within my DNA, that's not something that is challenge, like that is familiar. Mm. Now, what I had to do as a practice is actually take a tool like a rock or a, a piece of something and say, this is representing grief. My friend um, Isla shared this tool with me and it was really impactful for me. And that was like, okay, here's this that represents my grief in this moment. And it is valid. It is here in my space. It has the opportunity to be seen and to be held. And it also has the opportunity to be put down. Wow. So that's powerful. So Is that a tool that you use in addition to grief or are you using it just for grief? I'm wondering with even other things in your life, how powerful and potent that could be. Like I'm I'm going to find an object for a few things just for me to get more connected to it. Yeah, I use it for many things. One of the way it was introduced to me initially was with regard to grief. And also it was an invitation related to my relationship with depression. And so I think this came from Isla's um, therapist and that therapist, I think, is drawing from parts theory, right? These different parts of ourselves that are part of our wholeness experience. But there is something about, like, I love parts theory and all of that work and, and exploring the different parts of ourselves and allowing that to exist in the wholeness of who we are. There's something about creating an object and recognizing and saying to myself, I see you. Mm. I validate you that you exist. I hear you, I hold you. And in this moment, I've got to set you down. Not to invalidate you, but that I'm choosing to be empowered in my next step that brings and draws from another part of me, perhaps draws from my, my purpose, 
draws from uh, my value alignment, that even though grief is here and I've lost a relationship or an opportunity or whatever it is, that I can set that side and say, yep, that's here. And I'm going to move forward in this next moment, choosing alignment, choosing to recognize that whatever is here that I am grieving was for whatever reason, for the greatest good for me to set down in this moment. So many different tools, right? When it comes to grief, even just feeling it deeply for 20 minutes is said to really be able to shift that energy. So I do take the time to just acknowledge and really working on validating the different parts of me that show up that want to be heard and giving it some space and time, like get, offering it reverence, but then also being able to say, okay, I hear you, I got you. And there's something bigger that requires me to move forward in this next moment of life to co-create, right? Going back to that legacy, to co-create this world in which if I am only having my eyes covered with grief, I cannot do my work. I cannot continue to be my truest self because that emotion of grief or that pattern for me of depression is getting in the way of the fullness of the radiance that wants to come through. The thing that came up for me is the personification of what we're going through can help us actually acknowledge and have the conversations because I'd see you, I'd feel you, I'd connect with you. And so I'm just thinking about how much I can even apply this. I do personify and I have conversations, but I'm thinking about other just elements of my life that seeing it from a person perspective and connecting in relationship doesn't make it always easier, but it will make it easier for me to have the conversation, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think the other part of it is the choice or the agency to validate and put down. Mm, okay. Can so you speak more about so, that? Yeah. So that act, for me, what was so potent about it was one, that I didn't have to invalidate what it was that I was experiencing that felt true, that felt like really needing attention in that moment, and the opportunity to be, okay, I'll I want to provide you with this reverence and this respect. You're valid in showing up. And then there was something about being able to also put it down that felt like it gave me freedom. It provided me a sense of liberation. I felt an untethering from it running me and getting in the way of me choosing life. And that's the reclaiming of your power. Yeah, it really feels like that to me in a way that validated the wholeness of my humanity and my emotionality and my sensitivity and the truth of whatever bond, whatever relation I was in that had come to a close or that was, you know, whatever loss I was experiencing in that moment. And thank you for sharing that. Are there other tools that you're using that support you on a daily basis and just staying in this elevated state, continue to move forward on this transcendent journey that you're on? Oh, yes. Yeah, so many. I feel like it's a, just a way of life, right? And when we come back to our culture, when we come back to ancient wisdom, healing was not, you know, this, this act of transcendence was an ever-evolving practice. It was just infused in everything that we did. 
So it shows up when, you know, first thing in the morning, being able to sit down and do my mantras and my meditations and uh, looking out the window or going outside for a walk to connect with uh, nature. So that's definitely important. But it's also the simplicity of smelling the different things as I make my tea and remembering my ancestors and all the times that I sat with my family members and we drank chai together. Like all those things are part, like it's just a, it's a moment to moment choice to engage with life, with reverence and to find connection and to go slow enough to be able to deeply embody a sense of joy and feeling blessed. So yeah, I don't think it's one thing. I think my whole life is a practice. So what I'm hearing from it's you- It's a practice of practices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what came to me when I was listening to you is, I mean, it, it becomes a lifestyle as you slow down and become more intentional and just the enjoyment of life, it becomes a lifestyle. That I think also creates a bit of ease because I think the mind, right, wants to achieve a goal and execute against something. The harmony or balancing that, like- doing what feels good is part of the practice. And as you do that, you will explore other things that you will add, but it's not a separation from yourself. I'm hearing just it's natural integration of how you're living your life. Yes. Yeah. So beautifully expressed. Yes. So you're doing the the gold, the cold, I will call compilation because there are yeah. several elements <laughs> of it. And is that kicking off in May? Well, the gold album was released some time ago. And okay. so we're relaunching it uh, with the Gold Lounge. But this community okay. event, yes, is May 20th. Okay. And we have a variety of different speakers and artists and creatives that are coming together. Yeah, to, to celebrate. And it's a complimentary event with the opportunity for people to provide offerings towards certain initiatives. So we have three different initiatives that people can place offerings and support um, that are community members living out their dreams, doing what they want to do to experience their best life. And we as a community being able to come together and help one another fulfill upon that because they, they get to have their dreams come true with ease. They really do. We all do. We all do. And I think that's what this whole gold event is about is alchemizing and releasing all the constructs that told us that was not available for us to have, that it was not possible for us. Releasing those lies that we've told ourselves or have been told to us or both and gather liberate what our future and the ways in which we can help each other get there. Beautiful. So how can folks get connected to you? Yeah, well, my website is drnatasha.net and my Instagram handle is quite long, but it is my name. <laughs> Dr. Natasha Gossam Paris is my handle for Instagram. And those are the ways that most people can connect and find out more about me. And um, then there's all these different ways in which we can be in community, which I really would love, right? I love getting to know people that are wanting to co-create thriving for themselves and 
for others. We'll make sure to have all the details in the show notes. I am just so grateful for this conversation. I'm so grateful for you as a gift, for the gift that you're giving to the world, the way you radiate, the way you show up is so needed. And I'm just so honored to to know you and know that so many people are going to feel seen and heard and, and feel even empowered, right? Before we close, if there's anything else that you'd like to share. Well, I just want to express my deep gratitude for just your presence and your the way you hold space, the way you hold community. It's absolutely incredible. So the beautiful words that you gifted me, they're definitely words that I would <laughs> express right back to you. And my wish for anyone listening, may you may you be blessed with with relationships in your life where you feel this sense of deep gratitude, where you feel seen and soothed and heard and celebrated. And that's going to be easy when they're around you, Nicole. So (laughs) that's what you do. (laughs) We are out here. We are out here. And you are not alone. If you're listening to this, we want to celebrate you and we want to uplift with you. Um, so know that in your your moments of feeling alone, that they're out there. Your community's out there. Thank you for reminding all of us that we're not alone. And there is a community waiting for us to show up and celebrate us. Once again, thank you, beautiful. Love you. Oh, thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode enriched your life. If so, please leave a review, subscribe, and share this episode with others. Let's continue to grow together, transcend to new heights, and create a life that truly reflects who we are. I'll see you soon on another episode of Transcending Identity.